In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. This episode of the Man Card Podcast is from an interview done with Vince Miller. Enjoy this episode. And welcome to the Man Card Podcast, where we focus on real men doing real life in real time while living in the stress bubble of life. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed, saying, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, Jim. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. It's super uh, exciting to be here, and I'm just honored that you asked me. Thanks thanks for having me. You bet, man. So, you know, uh, one of the things that I know that you speak to regarding men and the issues that they face in life is the stress that men sometimes face that can be incredibly overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know, Jim, that you and Dale, partners there at The Great Hunt for God, have have encountered men that are far too stressed out, right? Yeah. yeah. So what does this look like in a guy's life? I mean, he's experiencing stress. He often comes to you. He says what to you? Well, they don't say a whole lot because they're living in what we call the stress bubble. And so basically what happens and what we mean by the stress bubble, Vince, is that when a guy gets married, uh, he enters a whole new phase of life. Soon after that, the kids come. And thus, the marriage with the kids is stress. And he'll, he'll operate in that bubble between uh, raising children, being a good father, uh, serving his community, possibly his church, uh, having a job. He'll do that for the next 20 to 25 years. And so what we have found is guys will either implode in the stress bubble. In other words, they just let the whole thing collapse under them. They, they, they pick up the remote. They, they live their lives on the couch. They, they, they totally disengage. We would call those males. Uh, or men will explode. They allow the pressure uh, all around them to build, and they have this explosion moment where they uh, maybe they uh, have a, an adulterous affair. Maybe they um, uh, lose a job because of their integrity. Uh, maybe there's a divorce because of lack of care for the marriage. And these guys just they just blow it. And so, and then the third guys are the guys that thrive in the stress bubble. They allow the pressure to build, which it naturally does. But these guys have learned to thrive and adapt in the stress bubble, and they are uh, they're they're guys who have to 
uh, work through uh, the commitments with their time and their money and their marriage. And, and so these are the guys that we're really focused on. And so they come to us or, or they don't come to us, but we deal with that issue and, and help them to thrive in that stress bubble. We also call those our men in the arena. Mm, that's good. So I, I would agree with you. I, not that you ever want to really categorize men, but definitely you want to cat- categorize seasons of life or challenges mm-hmm. that men face. And, you know, there's all kinds of men out there. They're the kinds that implode, as you say, or explode. Mm-hmm. or trying to figure out how to thrive in that area. I, I know that you encounter these men. So how do you counsel these men? How do you guide them toward discovering a, a life that can thrive? Man, that's a good question. You know, I really, I really believe it, it. There has to be an overarching theme in their life that their life is given to something greater than themselves. And so, for us, we talk about uh, giving their lives to Christ. That they they make Jesus all of their life. You know, I don't think that uh, God is interested in being a part of a man's life. He wants to be involved in all of that man's life. And once that guy really understands, hey, I I need to really surrender my life to Christ, then to me, the next step is saying, okay, guy, you know, Jesus is all of your life. So what are the five, four to four, five, six things in your life that will drive your life? What are the, the values that you want your life to represent? You know, family, health, uh, spiritual maturity. And then these guys identify these values and then helping them establish rhythms that match the values. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. So essentially what you're saying is these guys come to you and they're imploding or they're exploding, and you're trying to teach them how to thrive and to bridge those gaps, and mm-hmm. you're driving them toward deeper questions, deeper values, to considering not just what's happening currently to them, but how they might respond appropriately with Christian values and maybe begin to see how Christ is working through that. You know, I've encountered guys before, Jim, that do implode, that do explode, but all they see is the situation themselves, right? They encounter the stress bubble, but they really don't ask themselves the ominous question, the important question, what is God trying to teach me through this, right? (laughs) And I think that that's what you're saying, is you're trying to drive them towards discovering who Jesus Christ is in their life, because he is the answer, but it isn't just this general answer. It's a specific answer, mm. and that maybe they're imploding, or maybe they're exploding, and they're not thriving, because they haven't really paid attention to what God is doing and how he's moving. And maybe they've compartmentalized Christianity from their life. Man, that's good. That's the key phrase, compartmentalize. You know, Mark Gunger in his Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage talks about uh, men have are like waffles. We have these compartments, right? And so men have to realize that Jesus isn't a compartment in the waffle. He is the whole dang waffle. <laughs> and so once we realize that, then we can say, okay, Lord, uh, here's what I want. And, and I want, I'm not going to compartmentalize my faith. I want you to saturate. You're like the syrup, God. You're going to saturate that waffle, right, so to speak. And so we want the guys from that point to say, okay, God, what what are you leading me into? How should I deal with my family? How should I deal with, you know, my wife and my children? You know, how should I involve myself at work? What does my church demand of me? What does my community demand of me? What does my health demand of me? And the, the problem, Vince, and you know this as well, is that that we're buying into a lot of lies that that says, okay, you need to have a financial portfolio that looks like X. 
you mm. need to have a FICA score that looks like why. And so, you you know, we have these lies that the guys are trying to navigate, like what is true, what is false, and, and what does God require in Scripture? And so uh, we want the guys to live according to their values. And when they do that, they can thrive through the stress bubble. When they don't do that, they get out of whack and they get they get into trouble. Mm, that's good. And so have you have you watched guys that you've counseled or worked with or discipled kind of move through this? And what what's other than the commonality of them understanding their values, what jars them loose? Is it is it that explosion event that forces them to deal with it? Is an is it an implosion event that forces them to deal? What is the catalyst for all this? Well, once that once that balloon explodes or implodes, we've got a massive problem on our hand and we have to go into damage control. So once the scab is ripped off, now the blood is coming. So we want to get the guys before that. You know what I mean? We want to get them before their pants are caught down around their waist when they're on pornography on their computer or or before they get caught on a text thread with another woman or or because they're fired before they're fired from a job. And so for us, what we have found is that the greatest aha moment with the men comes through other men. It comes through guys in teams, guys in small groups. When guys get around, we have a group of guys that just started a team in a taxidermy shop of all places. We've got a team that met yesterday, started yesterday in Bozeman, Montana in a church. We've got another team in a coffee shop in Clinton, Indiana. And so when these guys get together and they meet, they challenge each other, they sharpen each other. Uh, uh, I really believe in the intergenerational movement where we have the old guys giving the young guys wisdom, where the young guys are giving the older guys uh, increased passion because they're raw ignorance. (laughs) And so when when those guys, when these guys rub shoulders together... It's that's where the aha moments happen, uh, and that's that's I think uh, guys are kind of beyond having one man stand on a pulpit or a podium three feet above them and speak down on them. They want to interact with their people. Yeah, I like that because I think guys go live not just compartmentalized, but they do it alone. Yep. And I wonder if guys are imploding and exploding because they don't have other Christian brothers in their life. And these are vital to our spiritual health. I wonder if I asked you, Jim, today, of the guys that you meet with that are imploding or exploding, if there is a percentage of those guys that weren't engaged with true brotherhood, what would that percentage be? Oh, it's next to zero. But here's the problem, Vince. You can have a man, well, let's just say me. So I'm I'm highly engaged in relationship. I've got two guys that keep me accountable on a weekly basis through different areas. I've, I'm involved in a small group. I'm a Christian guy. I'm a church guy. I'm a pastor. So, but let's say one area of my life I choose to isolate myself. Just one area. Go. Let's say it's a text thread with a girl who I dated in high school. Okay. Let's just that example. That's something that just recently I, I've seen this. And so yep. I just I engage in a text thread with an ex-girlfriend from high school. That one area can destroy the rest. Okay, so let me let me let me accentuate this because I think yep. you're making a fantastic point for men. It's not just isolation for men. Yes. It's isolation of areas of our life from other brothers. Yes. Correct? 
it's taking that waffle illustration and saying, in, I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to have relationship in every area of my life except my cell phone, my diet. And so when a yeah. guy starts doing that, that one area becomes his Achilles heel. So, Jim, do I hear you saying then it's not just compartmentalizing us from relationships with other men in our life. It's actually compartmentalizing areas of our life yes. from brotherhood with other men. Yeah, and th this is the issue that we're finding when men explode or implode. They're sharing about all of these areas, but if they leave one area out, it can create tragedy on a Shakespearean level. For example, let's use me as an example. Let's say um, I'm very accountable to multiple people. I have small groups. I'm a pastor. I'm involved in a church. But let's say I engage in a conversation with an ex-girlfriend from high school via text thread. And that that conversation, this actually happened to a pastor friend of mine. He'd been a pastor for 38 years. This actually happened. And so I engage in this innocent text thread without my wife or anybody else knowing the text thread transitions into a sexual conversation, maybe about the past, past, past experience with this female. And, and then it becomes a present situation. Now, let's say I forget to delete that or whatever, which is the case in the story I'm telling you. And my wife finds that now my life has been completely disrupted because I've chosen one area of secrecy. And oh, so, yeah, that's good. And, and that one area can ruin my marriage, my life, my family, my integrity. And so with men, we have to really guard every area, every compartment, every waffle square of our lives and make sure that there's no darkness or no secrets in any of them. Okay, dude, if you keep talking about waffles, you're just going to make everybody hungry, man. Well, I'm a bacon, I'm a ba I'm a bacon and eggs I'm kind of guy. I'm some butter and syrup on that, baby. <laughs> just don't talk about bacon but, and eggs. <laughs> there you go. Let's throw some bacon and eggs yeah. in there, too. But I, I, I love how you're illustrating this because I think it's such a great challenge for men. Mm -hmm. You see, we're, we're not talking about just a stress bubble. It, Correct. It's more than a stress bubble. Yes. It's actually the complete unraveling of our life, yes. right? And we're talking about the most important aspects of our life, our spiritual life, with, which impacts our family and our relationships and our church and our work and every everybody that we know and everything that we do and these implosions and explosions. It sounds like to me, you're saying, are all about integrating Jesus into the waffle squares, <laughs> yummy. Yeah, of baby. All of who we are, right? And the more that we can integrate them, through active, self-initiated accountability into brotherhood with other men, man, this leads to better results in our life, and there we thrive. Is that how I'm hearing you? Yeah, you know, you know, uh, we, you know, we use a lot of guys get nervous about the word accountability. I love your word brotherhood. Hey, man, mm -hmm. I'm going to lock arms with some guys that have the guts to call me out that have the wisdom to ask the hard questions regularly, that don't ignore the little hints I offer that where I'm struggling. I, I need these men in my life desperately, and I don't need weak guys in my life. I don't need yes men. I need guys that are going to... That's why I'm a big fan of intergenerational uh, men's ministry events, because the older guys are have a lot more freedom to ask the younger guys, because they've been there. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Exactly.
Well, this is great, Jim. I want to thank you for so much wisdom today. I want to close with a verse that made me think about our discussion today. It's from Psalm 133, 1. Of course, you know these words. It's behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. And how good, let's just add in how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity when they're honest with each other mm-hmm. <laughs> about who they really are, mm-hmm. you know? And I I just pray for the guys that are listening today, uh, Jim, that, that, that the guys would feel a compulsion, a personal self-inflicted compulsion mm-hmm. to go find brotherhood before their life implodes or explodes so they could really thrive in this life. Well, Jim, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, thank you so much, man. I'll just add that confession is manly, guys. So uh, think about that when you're uh, locking arms with your brothers. There you go. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of a man, then purchase your own copy of the Field Guide, our bathroom book for men. Jim wrote this book for men who don't read books. It's a daily study of manly words explained with great stories. You will find enough entries to read one a day for an entire year. That's right, 365 daily readings on what a man is and does. Get your copy for you and your friends on our website at thegreathuntforgod.com. You will also find our five-book man card series. Grab several copies, recruit some friends, and champion the cause for men today. We are a donor-supported, non-profit organization with the mission to transform the lives of men and those they love. If today's podcast has inspired you, consider being a financial champion by going to The Great Hunt for God and click the Give link in the menu drop-down. Also, download The Great Hunt for God app today. It is available in all the app stores for all devices. It has videos, podcasts, our store, and many other links to the world of The Great Hunt for God. Thank you for listening. And good hunting. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.